quarter-filled chains and Gucci glasses. That was the era when we flipped all of the sh. Bought a store, splashed it. Had Dominicans running it, eating steak and cheese sandwiches. They in the back bragging with fifths, yo. Fucking with a few niggas' nieces. Take it back when we went raw for leases and stand on the sneakers. I got the shit locked. I battle you, 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 and your whole gridlock. Little shit supported the beat. Alright, so whenever that music comes on, it means it's the, uh, what is it, the one, two, three, fourth annual? Is it Florida? Yeah, I think I it, know it, it might be. Or four. We'll see, well, so we, had, we could go by rest of the year, right? So you had CM Punk, CM Punk, and then there was some, Seth, no, I don't even remember who last year's. Uh, was it Roman? I wasn't, we, we've never picked Roman Reigns as a, as a, as a wrestler, dude. Maybe Seth Rollins? It wasn't Daniel Bryan. No. Yeah, John Cena. John Cena won every single one, dude. Yeah, every time. Yeah. There's a landslide. We, we got we got to look at who the wrestler of the year was. I, I remember it was like uh, we were looking at like kind of these obscure guys. Mm. Like we did we didn't do Nakamura. I don't think. Could he was up he was up for it. He was up that. for it, but I th- it might have been Seth. I think it was Seth. Or, or, it you, might even have been. It might even have been Dolph. It was Dolph. It was Dolph. Yeah. So so this that, is, that was last year when he yeah. was on on that heater at the end of the year. So this this is our fourth one. Okay. And, and so I, I got a new computer, and I got a, I got a new garage band, which I really don't get. So uh, this is gonna, I'm gonna just make sure that we're recording, you know, just so, just to make sure because I can't, I can't see, you can't see when you record, you can't see these fools. So uh, let, let me pause real fast and let's see how, let's see how professional this is real quick. So I don't know how professional that was. It might even cut off, but not, I'm just gonna trust it. You know, hopefully, don't waste an hour. But if we do, you know, like we we got some time maybe. But it, this this should work. So let's jump into it because Moody's are always a uh, long, like two-hour thing. But yeah, I haven't been watching wrestling that much, so I don't I don't know if it's uh if it's gonna be as detailed. So I'm just gonna go out based off a of feel. So uh, I'm bad news ramen. You guys better have my donuts over here. And uh, he he's been itching. He's been itching to get back on the cast. I have a. Uh you know, I have my uncrumpled piece of paper here. Well, you got you got a you got a crumpled. Yeah, you know, I got I got the, I got I got the microphone. You know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, let's see. There we go. Yeah. It's just the poem that I wrote for you, bro. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah. This is generally like the longest show that we do every year. Um, so yeah, we might as well get straight into it. Um, came up with a few categories here to go with. Um, they may not all get in, but uh. Might as well, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get them on in. I mean, just jump into the category. You're taking like 20 minutes, like just to introduce one, dude. Come on. All right. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. That, that was wrong. Let's see here. Let's let's go with. Uh, all right. Let's start off with the the best tag team. You want you want to jump in the best tag I team? I want to jump in the best tag okay. team. Um, that one's gonna be tough, dude. So, you know, I have uh, four teams here, and uh, you're you're free to add. Any others that you think uh, were left off? Um, so I will start off with. Um, I'm going to start off with American Alpha. Um, I, I really like this team. Uh, they come a long way. Um, really good wrestlers, which is which is what I like. Um, Got to work on their, um, you know, their their promo abilities and stuff like that. Get a little bit more seasoned. Um, but like physically and what they do in the ring. Um, yeah, I think they're great, and I think um, the, that's a team that they can that they can build around for the long term. They're, they're the new rockers right now, you know. I mean, <laughs> like really good team, but they're, they're not ready yet. I mean, they're, not, they're good, but I, I don't know. I don't know if it's enough to, to give them the award. No, it's not. But yeah. but they're so, but they're, you, you wanted to put them out. There. They are nominated as, as like an up and coming team. Like you know, Usos are left out, um, not because of anything they Who, did. Who's, I, who's been a perennial top three whenever we right it. but they they were out half the year with injury and i really like the direction they're in now um with, with the heel gimmick but you know just on time served this year i i can't rightfully uh put them in that mix so what are you talking about well, let's let's get I'm to the, let's get the next on. okay moving on I, I would move on but then i gotta come back and, and, and address that um all right the next team i'm gonna nominate here is uh seamus and cesaro um like halfway through that that best of seven series like i i kind of felt like tag team was the direction it was going to go in and I think it's worked really well um I mean Cesaro's just a master of tag team right? yeah, he's, he's great he's like, a great and, tag team performer right. and if you look at that like him and Cesaro him with Tyson Kidd who generally you know people didn't really care about like you cared about Kidd um, going I, back to Chris I, Hero I, I care yeah I care um I mean anybody you team Cesaro with he makes it work um but 
you know, I think the, the interesting dynamic this time was like in that team with Sheamus, Sheamus is the power guy and Cesaro kind of has to turn to be like, not, not a high flyer per se, but he has to, you know, just be the worker, which is, which is, you know, he's great at. Um, and I think that the dynamic works. I think it's, um, I mean, I don't think Sheamus needed to be revitalized, but I think it's really revitalized uh, Sheamus. And uh, I, I think they're a very good team with, um, with a lot of promise, though um, their run this year hasn't been long enough for them to be the tag team of the year. But I think they're up in that conversation with, with the work they put in over the last couple of months. So am I supposed to say anything, or do I, do I just want to hear your... Well, Cesaro makes Sheamus relevant again, and Sheamus hasn't been relevant for the past year and a half. So, um, yeah, and, and even, like, the, from, from my whole thing, it was like, Cesaro was getting kind of stale too, right? So it was like, I mean, he's, he's great in the ring. I think he's a really good singles wrestler, but, you know, without... He, he doesn't, as much as I hate to say, he doesn't have like a, he doesn't have, he's like a, a wrestling fan's wrestler, right? I mean, he doesn't have like that, that other quantified it that really kind of sets him apart. And when he does display it, they shut it down, right? Like, because he can't get too over, right? So that, that was always a problem with, with, with Cesaro. So um, they don't get it. But I, I think, I think if, I think if they would have started their run probably four or five months earlier, I think you could you could really take a look at them and say, hey, you know, these guys, you know, should be up there. And they probably would even win, I think. But um, it, it's the, their, their resume for this year is, isn't long enough, so they, they, get, they get the act. But they're a team to look at for next year. Yeah. All right. So I think these last two teams I have, it's between. Well, the... I, I got to put one in. Go ahead. I, I want to put in the Revival. Well, that was my next team. Oh, I, th I thought you had a... But, but, but before... <laughs> well, so, so, so you, have, you have the Revival, you have New Day, but you don't have Enzo and Cass? Right. Okay, so I think, I think we need to address Enzo and Cass. So go ahead and talk about Enzo and... Talk about it, talk about it. Uh, well, I mean, Enzo and Cass, I mean, you, you talk about the Revival kind of being like the Rockers, right? Like, so th they're like the Rockers in I terms of... That. I did. You said it. You said American Alpha was like the Rockers. Well, who... I'm sorry. So I, what I meant to say was American Alpha. So okay. I, I apologize. Okay. Because I haven't been watching watch wrestling that long, so I get kind of confused. But okay. as as much as American Alpha is like like they are like the Rockers, um, the Rockers of today or the Rockers of two thousand, if you will, um, it, with what they can do in the ring, I feel that Enzo and Kaz, um, but by and far, I think the only reason why they're on this this list is just what they can do on the mic. And I, I'm not just talking about Enzo too; I'm talking about Kaz as well. You, you have two you have two guys that play perfectly well with each other. Enzo, uh, Enzo, of course, is a star on the mic. Kaz is very serviceable, which you usually don't have with tag teams. You usually don't have two guys that are that are decent on the mic. Uh, Kaz is passable. I'm not saying that Kaz is like great on the mic, but he can cut a promo. It's it's not it's not a great promo, but I mean it, it's it's a serviceable promo, right? And the whole thing is like if you can if you like Kaz, um, I think you can get by get by his promos a little bit more. Uh, I think the only reason why they're on they're on this list is. is they are fun to watch in the ring. They don't have the combos or the moves that, say, maybe American Alpha does, uh, maybe even the the Revival does, or even um, uh, Rhino and uh, Slater. And Slater, thank you for uh, for saving me on that. Um, or e even like the Usos too, right? So I mean, they, they do have some nice chemistry, but when you compare it to everybody else, it, it, it fails in comparison in terms of the technical side. But I think they created such a buzz, and really when. Uh, you had the brand split. I really felt that Enzo and Kaz were kind of one of the one of the acts on Raw that they really kind of centered on and kind of made it a somewhat successful show in the beginning uh, when they debuted uh, from NXT. Uh, I think they really kind of injected a, a, a spark in their wrestling as a whole. Like I, I haven't seen a guy that can cut a promo like that since uh, the guy I don't want to bring up because I always bring him up when I talk about the standard of wrestling, but. I think they def definitely deserve uh, mention, and maybe you can you can shoot that down, or, or say why you don't think they should be uh, the so, tag team of the year. Yeah, um, I, I definitely don't think they do. Um, I, I'm not disagreeing with what you said, um, but there's another category um, that I have that I think fits in better for uh, for what they they bring to the table. Just for me, like even in, they, even in NXT, like they don't win any feuds, then um, they're they're. Their matches are fine. They're pretty good, but um, there's nothing spectacular of what they're doing in the ring. Um, and then they haven't had enough um, any like sustained feuds or 
sustained runs of doing anything successful to make me say like they're the tag team of the year. Um, but on anything going with outside of the ring, yeah, they're 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 right there. But what they're doing in the ring, which I'm fine with, um, and and they're they're young well, you, and they got to get into the they got to get into the flow. But you, you got to watch yourself then, because I mean, because I, I think you're kind of setting yourself up to kind of maybe because everything you're saying about Enzo and Kaz, where like you know you're talking about inside of the ring and like but outside of the ring they're really good. I think you can kind of put that you know you can kind of put New Day along with that as well. I mean, I think you know. I don't know if, if New Day's ring work is, you know, first of all, American Alpha's ring work is better than New Day's. Mm-hmm. I, I would say the Revival's ring work is better than New Day's. I think there's a lot of teams that have better, I mean, Usos have better ring work than, than the New Day, but the whole thing is that New Day, you know, that they're they're good in the ring, and then, and then when, you, when they have their mic work and their entertainment value, um, you know, it, it far exceeds everybody else. Right, but then they've, so that they are, they're good in the ring, to like above above like above average to very good, whereas I think Enzo and Kaz in the ring are <coughs> about average. Um, <coughs> and then on top, what I'm what gets the new day um, into this conversation is that they've had, you know, the, the potentially the longest run in uh, tag team championship run in history. They've had several rivalries, good matches. Um, as I've always said, they're they're one of the better groups out there at. Uh, at, at cheating without making it look really corny. So um, in the ring, they, they get the job done to me. And that's why, um, on top of the fact that they cut great promos and, uh, and they're very entertaining, that's why you know they're in the mix for being the tag team of the year. <coughs> so then, since we're on that direction, you want to keep talking about New Day? Um, well, I mean, well, name a memorable feud that they did. I'm not disagreeing with you on that, but it's not like I'm sitting going like, oh yeah, I remember the feud with this group. It's just it to me, it, they, they all seem. Well, what they kind of remind me of, and Cesaro and Sheamus is a little bit different because he had a couple pay per views where they're doing it. But to me, and I, I'm not saying this isn't, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but I really felt the New Day was kind of like a John Cena in terms of the people that they faced. Now, where John Cena vaulted himself up and made him try to make himself look good. I felt that the, the new day they would put the new day with groups to kind of give them relevance and and kind of make this you know I, I felt that the new day did the job for the guys that they were beating right like they, they really elevated them up um, you knew that it was going to be an entertaining program so but how's that like John Cena? Well, no, what I'm saying with, <laughs> with Cena what, I mean Cena they just I mean Cena they just throw fodder out there right to right. make John Cena look good mm-hmm. like like it wasn't like it wasn't like when John Cena was having his title run that he made anybody a better a better wrestler. Like it was like it was like the whole Kogan right, right? Like every right. month, every month they would have a new feud, some guy for him to beat up. And what I'm saying with the New Day is that they they did that, but the tag team division is kind of is soft in a sense where um, any program that the New Day has is, is going to be an entertaining program. Whereas John Cena, if he has a program with say like our uh, truth, it's not going to be an entertaining program. It's just like okay, can we please get this done with? Is is this hard for you to kind of understand? Yeah, because the first thing you said is they were like John Cena. Then when when you explain like every way they're not like John Cena, so I'm, I'm no, I'm saying what I'm saying is that their their opponents that they had a you know they face a different opponent every month for the most part, mm-hmm. right? Can okay. we agree on that? All right. So, yeah. so I mean they would face a different tag team every month, and then they would beat them. But it wasn't a case where you're sitting there going like, dude, they're you know these tag teams are getting buried. You never felt that. It's like you felt that when New Day would would face a new oppo- opponent for that month. It'd be a it'd be an entertaining it'd be an entertaining kind of segment. It'd be an entertaining part of the show where a John Cena one with if you're throwing that cannon fire for John Cena, it wasn't entertaining and it was just like you know you're just waiting for John Cena to beat him and it's just it, it doesn't mean anything for John Cena to beat anybody. Okay, um, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. They 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 carried they carried this tag belt for the complete year, almost the complete year. Um, they had feuds. They won them all, obviously, because they carried the titles. But they made the they made that division relevant, and generally the teams that they were facing, for the most part, the teams that they were facing came out the better of it on the other side, or at least like they 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 came out looking pretty decent, and they definitely did the job for Cesaro and Shane. I, I thought they the New Day did quite a bit to make that a, a legitimate team, right? Going against them, beating them a couple of times, but um, like. Always had good matches the last couple of weeks, um, like the last that last Monday where they had to 
retain the titles to uh, to break the record. They won two uh, six man uh, tag team triple threat matches, which were all good matches too. Um, and then every I just think every spot you put them in, um, minus the old day, like every spot that they had for the year, it worked and, and it did a good job. So that's why for me they're up there. So the other team is the revival, and it's funny because I. At first time I ever saw the revival, and um, I can't even remember who the NXT broadcasters were at the time, but they kept on saying, "Oh, these guys are, these guys are the next Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard." I'm like, "Get out of here with that, dude! These guys are just like, they're just guys, right?" And then slowly, as I watched them, it's like, "Yeah, you know, actually, these guys have something." Then I watched them one more, I was like, "Yeah, these guys kind of do remind me of the Brainbusters." And then the Brainbusters. Yes. Nah, the Four Horsemen, dude. Well, the the Brainbusters. Brain that was Arn and Tully. Yeah, I know. That's but but they were also in WCW, or whatever it was called back then. Right, they're they're the four horse. They. They 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 they're they're a good tag team, and uh, they kept on talking about how like they're the best tag team in the world, which was like kind of on face value, kind of silly because they're in developmental, but the more I watch them, the matches they put on, all the different, and there's some really good tag teams in NXT that they faced. Um, they, they were kind of the standard of putting on great matches, whether it was with Alpha or um, like with Gargano and, uh, and, and Ciampa. They, they put on a ton of great matches, and um, I just really liked the throwback uh, gimmick that they had. Um, to where at first when I saw them, like I said, I, I just thought it was silly. But the more I watched them and I saw how good they were as a team, neither one individually is any great shakes, but as a team, they, they, are, a, they are a real throwback to those like workhorse tag teams of the, of the 80s and 90s that just like knew how to you know, bend every rule. They knew the psychology well. They knew like, um, they knew how to how to cheat at the right spots, and also the other thing too is they came up with a really great tag team finisher, which most of the other NXT teams haven't been able to do, like an original one that looks like a really legit tag team finisher. So I thought Revival had a great year. It doesn't involve a, a leg sweep, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so I have a question to ask you because I, I feel like when American Alpha came into SmackDown and they had a ton of momentum because of all those matches with the Revival. Have, have they had, I mean, I, I know they had good matches with the Usos for the most part, but it, it always, I mean, you talk about the revival and, and with the way they move things around. It's like, when watching these guys, so the, the question I want to ask you is, like, do you think American Alpha has had a little bit of a fall off from the opponents that they've been facing when they've had great matches with the revival? But before you answer that, the reason why I say that is because, you know, that they, they have, revival has this ability to, they, they feel like they're like the lesser group, right? Like they're, they're not physically imposing, but they always feel like they're in control of everything, right? Like, so like the, the Ciampa match and the other guy, that's like a, that's like a perfect kind of example. Like, I, I don't think, I really don't, I don't, I don't like Ciampa, and I don't even know what the other guy's name is, right? Like, I think they're okay. What's the other guy's name? Johnny Gargano. So, I, I mean, I think they're fine, but I, I really feel the, the revival really elevated them, elevated them. And I think the problem that I had with that match, I didn't have a problem, but I thought it was a good match. I thought the ending was corny with the, with the double count out or the double tap or whatever. But the whole thing was that to the Revival's credit or discredit, they always felt like they were in control of that match. And what I think really made the American, uh, American Alpha and the Revival match really good was that you felt that Revival was in control, but the American, American Alpha was more... Um, they, they had more technical domination with, with that one guy, and they're more physically dominating, right? Like, they weren't, they're more physically imposing than, than the Revival was. Um, but I, I think it's to the Revival's credit that they can have a match with Ciampa and Gargano and still put on a great match. I mean, I thought it was a great match. Um, and the whole thing was that I, I knew that they were going to lose that match. And I, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't bothered by it cause, because it was, I thought it was really good. They, you're right, they are a throwback. Um, and, I, and I apologize for, for getting all defensive about the Four Horsemen or uh, Tolly Blanchard and Arn Anderson. The thing is, is that with Tolly and Arn, if you're going to compare the two, Tolly and Arn always felt that they, they were never the physically dominating group, right? But their psychology was way better than anybody else's. But you never felt they were in control. 
I think the, these guys are so good. They're so dominating in terms of what they do, in terms of moving things around, in terms of setting up the match. You can really tell that they're the generals of that match. And, and you can tell what a revival match is. And I, I haven't seen that fast pace of matches since you know the, the late 80s, late, probably like 85, between 85 and 89. Where, where, where I think tag team was at, was at its pinnacle, at least when I was watching it. You can even look at the WWE. They had really fast-paced matches, too, with the British Bulldogs, the Killer Bees. Um, you know, th- th- I think New Day is, is a safe pick, but uh, have they done anything new from last year when we gave it to them? Um, I don't know if they have. I think the Revival, well, when you watch a Revival match, you know, and it's funny, they call themselves Revival, you are taken back to what, what I think tag team wrestling was, and I think you need to see more of it. And I can't wait for them to... That's not. A, I don't even know if it's a question. That, you know, I, I'd rather have them stay in NXT the whole time, so so I can have so we can have the time given to a good tag team match. And we've seen good tag. We've seen good tag team matches in, in the WWE product, right? With with SmackDown, with Raw. But it's 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 a it's a high spot test for the most part. I mean, you have storytelling, but there always has to be a high spot. I don't think there's ever been really a, a lot of storytelling that they had. You know, there hasn't been storytelling in WWE tag team champion. You know, t- tag team matches for a long time. And I think if the Revival can bring that, if they can have the same matches with American Alpha, I think American Alpha is kind of a group that can bring that back along with the Revival. I, I you know, I want to give it to Revival, and I, I think it's it's pretty much hands down. Uh, I don't know hands down, but I, I I think I think Revival, I think that's the call. I'll just add it with this: is like, um, you know, you got a lot of times where you got the broadcasters, like specifically JBL. Um, beginning of the year, like every time League of Nations comes out, oh, these guys are the four horsemen, these guys are the four horsemen, and you got all these wrestlers and, and announcers always trying to like uh, com- like compare some modern act to something from 20 years ago. Um, these guys came out and they, and they kept saying they were, and I'm like, get out of here with that. And then the more I watched them, I was like, yes, they, they are that. And, and, and for that, for the, the quality of matches that they put on, um, yeah, I think I think the revival is the best tag team this year. So um, that you, you gonna drum roll it? Sure. There you go. Ruth. Revival tag team of the year. First first award here for uh, on the Moody's uh, 2016. So speed round. <coughs> boom, 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 boom. All right. Um, best feud. I'll bring up this one and I'll quickly dismiss it. Um, AJ Styles and John Cena. Um, I like it in that you know for all the for all the grief that we give John Cena, what for once you know he did the right thing and lost to the guy that he needed to lose to 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 move on and let this guy be the be the guy and I think AJ's taken that ball and ran with it. Um, I'm not saying the matches were great. Like I, I thought Cena botched a bunch of stuff in that match, um, and you know it's hard to it's hard to look bad in a match when you're going against AJ Styles and, and Cena managed to do it um, and the feud wasn't sustained long enough, I think it's going to be um, revisited soon at some point. But at least for what it was in terms of elevating the title, I, I think it deserves to be mentioned. The problem you had with, with these matches was that you've seen all these matches that AJ Styles had in New Japan against Okada, against Nakamura. I mean, so he, he left the company with these great, great, great matches, and then he goes to John Cena. And, you know, Cena did do the job, but it, it is a John Cena match. And, and when Cena comes back, I would like to see Cena kind of try to tailor his style to more of AJ Styles. So I think AJ, since he's won the title, and since he's been on SmackDown, he's, he's grown a lot. Uh, but yeah, def- definitely dismiss it. But the, the idea is there, and it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So, yay right. AJ Styles. Ne- <laughs> Next I mean, one. Because we, we all know who's going to win the feud of the year, but go ahead. Right. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Okay. It's, again, it'll come down to two. The next one I'll put out, um, Ziggler and Miz. I thought was a pretty good feud, and shockingly enough, I think Miz carried the feud, and this is coming from a huge Dolph Mark, but um, you know, I thought they did have a pretty good rivalry. Uh, the series of matches they put on was really entertaining, and as, as much as it hurts for me to say it, I think Miz came out on top, and, and rightfully so this time. Um, but I thought it did elevate, like Miz has done a great job with the Intercontinental title this year, and that feud did something to <clears throat> Dolph was a good worthy adversary for the Intercontinental title, and I think it made it it made it still relevant going forward for Miz to win it back. So while I'm talking, I should probably get a cough drop. Uh, right? I'm gonna do that. Yeah. All right. Good. So so I, now I got dried out talking about the Miz. No, uh, 
you know, we always get mad at Ziggler loses, right? You know, it's like he's always losing, always losing, always losing. But now he has like a purpose in losing, right? And and the purpose of him losing was to really elevate the Intercontinental belt. And he got some wins in there where he was an Intercontinental champion. But yeah, I mean, it, it was the evolution of the Miz that really pushed it. Uh, I think the Miz has done a great job. I think uh, Maurice has a lot to do with it. I think Maurice has a ton to do with it. But at the same time, it's it, it that's that foil, right? And and the Miz was doing that with with uh, Damian Sandow too, right? I mean, so he's cutting his chops. Now he knows what his character is. They're not they're not BSing us saying like he you know he's going to be the face of our company like they were trying to do before pairing him with Ric Flair and all that stuff. He's found his niche. Um, I, I felt that it really elevated the Miz, and I think it showed just how good of a worker Dolph Ziggler is. We always knew he was a good worker, but now that he's that he's working for a purpose, I thought th I thought the feud was good, and it really elevated that Aaron Connell belt, which is always a good thing. All right, good. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sell you on this next one because I know that you think this is a foregone conclusion. So this will be me uh, going. Uh, I'm gonna s see if I can sell you on this, and, and then we'll we'll go from there. Uh, Samoa Joe Nakamura. Um, Samoa Joe's had one of his best years, and uh, you know. Both of us big Samoa Joe fans for, for quite a while. Um, I didn't know how he was going to get used in NXT. And then um, they came in, he got the belt. And then a lot of me said, okay, he's got the belt. He's going to build up this kind of like persona. And then it's just going to be used as a, as a mechanism for Nakamura to come take him out and elevate Nakamura. But, and then that happened. And then Joe won the title back and they went back and forth. They put on some great matches, really physical matches. Um, it's a really smart way to use Joe um, when you're trying to get Nakamura and you know <clears throat> Maybe he's not used to wrestling some of the WWE guys you take a guy like Joe who's, who, who knows how to work with uh, guys from Japan um, And then you look at it and it's just Joe, you know physically, you know, it's hard to believe many guys will beat up Joe but within within the context of the matches, you know Nakamura is skilled enough and 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 good enough at what he does to make it look believable um, and they put on like every match I saw, in, including um, the one in well, the one in Australia was really quick. Um, the one they showed on NXT, but but those matches that they had back and forth, all great matches. Um, and really, you know, with NXT, it's really kind of like your best working show. You know, that's the feud of your year, the feud of the year, on the show that has the best work going for it. Um, I, I thought it was a great feud. You know. I, I agree with you, but I, I just feel that there's something in that feud that just doesn't click. I, I feel now. Listen, I you know I'm a Nakamura Mark. I'm a Joe Mark. I mean, I really enjoyed Joe. I really like Joe with the, the against Finn Balor. I mean, I, I thought that feud was a better feud. I, I thought the matches were a little bit better. I, I think because I, you know Finn kind of has that underdog role and and he has a little bit more athleticism um, than uh, than Nakamura does, but. What I'm trying to say is that Joe's a hard hitter. Nakamura's a hard hitter too, and there's just something you know their style. Their styles are so similar that it's just kind of. And I'm not saying that the matches were bad. I really felt the Australian match. I was just kind of like, really, that's it. I mean, it's like it's like a steel cage. It's like a, you know the Finn Balor steel cage was way better than that one. Mm -hmm. um, the, the 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 match where Nakamura won just with the drama that they had with you know you didn't know if Joe was hurt and Joe took some monster shots. I mean because of what Joe did and then. Uh, that was that was the one where Joe didn't Joe get cut open on one of them or was that that was someone else right? Joe got cut open on one of them, was not it, not the one that he claimed they they were trying to sell that he broke his jaw. Yeah, I think it was the next one that he got he got cut on. You sure that was against Nakamura? Yeah, no, no, okay. he definitely got cut against Nakamura. Um, he got cut a few times. Yeah, so he got cut against Finn also. He got cut twice. That, that's what that's what I remember. That was and, when they kept like yeah, stopping the they match. Kept on stopping, yeah, yeah. yeah, so you know I, I think. I, I think you have two really good workers, and the funny thing is that I think Joe came better out of that feud than Nakamura did. Because to, to me, it's like, you know, Joe, you know, I, th I think if Nakamura tried to bring Joe out more or, or try to, I don't know, it, it just felt like it was always one-sided, right? Like, it, it always felt like when Joe won, it was because Nakamura let him win, you know? It, it was just, there was just a, a certain chemistry that wasn't there where... I just I wasn't feeling it. Like I, I like the matches, but I wouldn't sit there and go like, "Wow, you know, like that's a really good feud." I, I really felt Balor and and, and Joe were, was a better feud. I, I was more invested in that one, whereas Nakamura. Because you know what it is. I think I think the problem is is that. You know, you've seen Nakamura versus Okada. You've seen Nakamura versus Tanahashi. Uh, you know that Nakamura has a better has better matches in him, 
And I feel that he could have that same type of match with Joe. It's just a case where I don't think NXT is ready for that type of match. So just to counter that, which I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, the thing I did like about that, I, the, the reason why I preferred the Nakamura Joe feud over Balor's because there's a there's a lot of suspension of disbelief that I have to have to think that like Finn Balor can stand there and, and trade with, with Joe, yeah. which that's what I'm saying. Even though Nakamura has the size disadvantage, his his skill and his striking ability. I can believe that well, it, 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 it balances his height too. I mean, I mean right. the whole thing is like he's taller. Right. And, yeah. Then the other thing, what you're saying, um, yeah, w- when you're talking about like the matches with Okada or the matches with Tanahashi, those two guys, the, all three of those guys, they're all like physical equals, and that was what I liked about this one. You had like the monster, and and like you know I've seen Nakamura against Fale, where Fale like just towers over him, but Fale is in nowhere in in the in the zone of Joe's. Uh, you know, in-ring ability. So you had like a like a physical, a physically dominant guy in Joe that you would look at him and say, okay, he should physically dominate. But because of the skill level that Nakamura had, it made it really balanced. And it wasn't so much of a disadvantage that I thought like, you know, okay, um, you know, it was impossible for Joe to lose. Well, here's, 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 uh, I want to counter that because so, so Nakamura, Nakamura is like a great striker, right? Like we all know Nakamura is great knees, striking, whatever it is. He's a great striker. Well, you know what? Joe's a great striker too. Right. And I felt that he that that what he I mean because I remember I mean I watched him now. I remember watching him in, in TNA when he was going against AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, and he was just like a straight striker, just like a brawler. He'd put guys in the corner and just just lay into him. I didn't feel that that it was that case against Nakamura. Like I, I you know it's I didn't want it to be like. Um, Ishii and uh, and uh, Makabe, where they're just like killing each other. I mean, right. like one match like that. See, if they had one match like that, and then they had the, and these other matches, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's like a great feud because here's your brawl, here's your brawl match, and then here you have this. But I really felt that you could have brought out Joe Moore with his strikes and show how physically imposing he was. I just never felt that he was. I always, I always felt that Nakamura was in control of that match and that Joe was just kind of getting his getting his shit in or his proverbial shit in to like make the match like seem competitive. But I, I just I felt that Joe could have had a lot more, and and I I give a lot a lot of that to Nakamura. I, I really feel that Nakamura should have allowed Joe to be who Joe is, um, because it's very believable when Nakamura's striking. But I, I think I, the Joe that I like is the guy that can pull off the moves with Finn Balor like he did, but then can just physically dominate someone. And uh, I, I didn't get that with with I didn't get that with this feud. I I, I like the matches, but I didn't get I didn't get that aspect from Joe. I just felt it, it was lopsided. It was, it was like Nakamura. Maybe fifty-five, Joe forty-five, where it should have been 50-50. Okay, fair enough. All right, so uh, the last one, Charlotte Sasha. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen, so I haven't seen matches like this, and, and I'm not. I'm. You can never compare, Flair Steamboat. I mean, th- those three matches will go down as the best feud ever. But I'm going to say that there were there were certain aspects of this feud, a lot more matches that they had, but there were certain aspects of this feud where I really felt like I was watching these matches all over again. Um, there's, you know, the the two that really stand out was when Sasha first won it on on the debut of, of Raw, of, of the new Raw. That I thought that I mean that you, you had you had the Eddie Guerrero spots, you know, that, that Sasha did, and then the one that they had where it was the the no D, uh, DQ before the leading up to the pay per view. Uh, where Flair came out and congratulated Sasha at the end, that moonsault that 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 um, that moonsault that um, Charlotte did off off of the off of the ramp and stuff. I mean that that's just epic stuff. And and I just remember just watching that match and just 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 the, all that they put into it. And you know I like you know I like Sasha Banks better, better than like Charlotte. I mean by far. And that's what's supposed to happen. Is like you're supposed to like Sasha Banks. You're supposed to root against Charlotte. And but at the same time, it's like while you're watching this match, I knew that I knew there was going to be some people that are watching this, watching these two matches, going like, "Well, I came in as a Sasha Banks fan, but I left a Charlotte fan." And I think Char- Charlotte has, you know, Charlotte is playing the perfect heel. Sasha was playing the perfect babyface. So you can't. I mean, when's the last time that's really happened in wrestling over the past ten years, where where you have like a clear cut baby, you have a clear cut heel. And it works, and and you, and you don't feel like you have to suspend your disbelief to cheer for one person and not the other person. I, I was I was I would there would be times that I'm watching this match where I'm going like like I'm just cheering I mean, I'm not standing up and cheering for Sasha Banks like you know uh, the British Bulldog was and he got hit hit from behind during the Shawn Michaels match or whatever. But mm-hmm. there I mean there I was there were times during this match where I, where I was rooting for 
um, Sasha Banks over Charlotte, and, and it's like I didn't want I didn't want Sasha to lose. And I think there's there was certain matches, especially that match, the no DQ match, where I I brought my daughters and and, and made them watch it. Said so, you know watch this because this has never been done before on, on, on with women wrestlers. They're, they're, to me, they're not even re- women wrestlers anymore. I mean, their their feud is is a is a wrestling feud, and it's by two of the best athletes in the company. Yeah, um, you know, I I like quite a bit of it. I think that not to their fault, but I think there's been some questionable questionable booking decisions going on um, with a lot of it, uh, especially more recently. Are you talking about like Sasha losing in her hometown and Charlotte losing in her hometown? Or? That and just like the like Charlotte keeps winning it on Raw. Uh, sorry, Sasha keeps winning on Raw. Charlotte keeps winning the pay per view, and it it's become like really formulaic in a lot of ways. But I do. That's the thing that I miss going back to the Steamboat and Flair is the idea of two equally matched um, competitors that. They kind of trade the belts back and forth, and, and, and I think they've done and, a little bit. And we're bit. doing this with, I mean, and we, you brought that with with Joe and Nakamura too. So I mean, right. is that any different from what you're seeing? Yeah, because I think they've done a little too much with this. Um, I, I think I think that Sasha should have won the last match, and let her go off and, and do whatever instead of dropping it again. Um, the other thing, um, like I felt like, you know, because they've wrestled a ton of times, th- there's been a couple not so good matches. The cage match wasn't very good. And I thought that while the match was going really well in this two out of three, I thought the finish was extremely stupid. Yeah. Like, you're sitting there staring at the clock for two minutes in a figure four, not tapping out, and you're staring at it at three seconds, and now you decide you're going to tap out. Yeah. It's just stupid. And it makes it, it, is, it was like the Bailey match with the, that Sasha had with Bailey, right? Kind of the same thing. So, I don't think, was there a clock on that one? Was that, was that Iron? It was, yeah, along, was, along was those lines. Like, yeah. But yeah, I, I just thought that was just really stupid, and it's not Charlotte's fault. It's not Sasha's fault. It's just really bad booking. Um, but overall, yeah, they put on they put on, you know, eighty percent of the matches they put on were really good and stuff that you had to watch. And even the ones that didn't end up being great, like you had to watch them. And then they they, they didn't they didn't pan out those two matches. But that that was the feud of the year. Yeah, so, oh, so you're agreeing then? Uh, I mean, I yeah. I, I, yeah. I think there, there's something. Okay, there's something that I like. It's a more that I, that I like in in the Joe and Nakamura Nakamura feud. Um, but see, but it's not it's not as drawn out yeah. as long. And would you say in those matches during, during the Joe and Nakamura feud, would you say in those matches were like matches of your candidates though? See, see, because I'm see, I, I I go to I go to the the, the first Raw match yes. with Sasha, and then I go I go to the I go to the the no DQ match. Um, those, so those two Raw matches, you have this feud where you, I think. Two of those matches are, are quantified match of the year candidates. I mean, those are, those are like two of the best matches that I've seen. Not so much maybe on the technical side, but the emotion side that brought it. I haven't, I haven't been drawn out emotionally that much in a long time where I was invested in both of, in both of these competitors. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, the more that you've talked about Nakamura and Joe, I can see where you're coming from. And I thought this was a clear-cut thing. But match of the year. Uh, not match. Feud of the year. I'm sorry. Uh, Charlotte and Sasha. Charlotte and Sasha. Okay. Yeah. Well deserved feud. Well, well deserved with, with especially with the argument that you made with Joe and Nakamura. All right. Um, all right. We'll we'll speed around this one because this one this this one might be kind of tough anyway. All right. Uh, but there, I put a lot of uh, I put a lot of uh, names on this one. Mo- most improved. Okay. So um, the first name I'll throw them out there. You can say something if you want to. Um, Kenny Omega. I couldn't stand this guy a year ago. Um, I just thought he was really annoying. I thought his ring work was fine. Um, and he still is annoying to a degree, but he's turned it into a way that worked for him as a heel character. And he, I, I don't know why this guy's a throwaway guy. I mean, seriously, like when, when I saw when I saw the list, <laughs> he just made the list. When, when I saw when I saw the list. Kenny Omega is one of my finalists for the, for this award. Okay, well, yeah. go ahead and talk about it. Well, I, I hated Kenny Omega. I mean, I could not stand Kenny Omega. I thought he was terrible. I thought he was overacting on the on the mic. But you're right. He's made it work, and and all of a sudden he's a, he's a very believable character. And I, I can even look back at his first promo that he did with New Japan on the show they did with on Access. And now I kind of like that promo too. You know, <laughs> so I mean. I, I wasn't a huge fan of his, but you know, and because and the problem is you want to talk about bad booking, and he had that stupid. 
uh, booking with that one kind of comedic wrestler, and they were like touching each other's butts and uh, stuff uh, and everything. Rice skate, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, it was just it was just stupid. But uh, he's he he's cutting he's cutting good heel promos live in the ring and and off you know off camera or off live TV. Uh, Kenny Omega, I think, is is definitely one of the most improved, and, and we need to re- revisit him because he's one of my favorites for this right, for this well, award. I mean, if, if he could he can hang around if, if if that's where you want to go. All right, this one will be a throwaway. Slater. All right, he's Slater. Um, there, I've always felt like there's something there with him. I didn't think that you know I never thought he was great, but I think there's a place for him. Um, the way that he played the whole not getting drafted and kind of parlayed that into the the tag team championship run. And I thought it was good. He's He's funny, mm-hmm. but it's not. But it's good comedy. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not Santino comedy. And then um, you know he's serviceable in the ring, especially you put him alongside a guy like Rhino to, yeah. to, to carry the load. The problem I have with, with with Slater is not with anything that he's that he's doing. I, I you know, in the beginning it was it was a it was a stupid gimmick, right? It was like oh you know I was like okay dude, all right, where's this gonna go? Okay, blah. But then it got entertaining, entertaining more, entertaining more, entertaining more, entertaining, right? The problem that I have is that you can you can run with this guy. And it feels like his run's already over. It's like, you know, like, stick around with this guy. Same thing with, like, New Day, right? Like, stick around with this guy. See what he can do because while he's doing all this stuff, he's putting on good matches. And he's, he's had some spots where I've been watching these matches going, like, man, like, Slater's good. I mean, like, he's, I mean, he's, he's a lot better than I thought he was. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, I always knew he had it. But if, if they just, if they kept with this guy uh, and, and they gave him a chance, I think he would definitely be higher on this list. But I, I'm, I'm just afraid that they're going to, you know, they're going to, you know, stall his push a little bit. I just you, you brought it up, and I'm, I'm thinking kind of the same thing. In that, there there is a comparison to be made with New Day, in that they they both been saddled with some some pretty pretty bad gimmicks, and he's generally done he's generally done pretty good with bad gimmicks that he's been given, and this was about the best gimmick that he's had, or at least the most sustained one that they let him work with, and, and it worked for the time. Yeah. So while and, he, and, and he elevates Rhino too. So right. Yeah. And while he isn't the most improved, uh, he's honorable mention up there. All right, next one, uh, Rusev. Um, I mean, I've always thought he was a pretty impressive guy in the ring just for the, the mass that he has and, and the power base that he has, like really athletic. And he's had difficulty early, maybe the first year or so, getting over in that, um, you know, he couldn't really cut a promo, he couldn't talk that well and this and that. He was just like this big foreign heel. Um, but he's, his mind skills have improved. Um, he, he, he can cut a reasonable promo at this point, and I think his ring work's getting better. I think he's kind of saddled in, in feuds that aren't going to get him anywhere, but I think he's built himself up to the point where that if they did decide to give him an important feud, that he would, he would, he would make the most of it and do well with it. I, I disagree 100%. Okay. I, mean, I, I really, I mean, l- listen, I, I like Rusev. I'm not saying that I don't, but I, but... The only reason why I like him right now is a couple of reasons is that Lana's back, and then the, the work that he's doing with uh, with Enzo, Enzo and Cass. I mean that that that's that that you know, and you even bringing Ginger Mahal, at at you know, as of this week or whatever, that that works really well. I mean the role that he has as being like this crazy guy because of Lana works really well, but I, I I wouldn't give him the most improved because other people are making him look good, which is fine. And and but I I just don't think that you what happens when you t- if you take Lana away. What happens if you take Enzo and Kaz? It's going to be the same overpowering guy that you don't want to see win, and then he finds a way to win. He's just like, okay, you know, like what the hell? You know, it's like th- there's not enough comeuppance, you know, you know, for this guy. And I don't know how Enzo and Kaz are going to play out, um, but he, he's entertaining. But I, I wouldn't put him most improved. I mean, he's not doing it by himself. Fair enough. Um, so the next, um. I'm gonna throw the next two guys just together because. This is weird to throw them out there, but I'll say in this for the same reason Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Um, Samoa's had Samoa Joe's had a really resurgent year. Samoa Joe's been great. We've been we've been liking this guy for quite some time, but I felt like he really elevated his game this year. And AJ, you know, watched him for a long time. Always liked his ring work, um, but didn't think much of the character. But I mean, he's found a new level in WWE. Um, he, he's found he's found his voice as a character. He's found who he is, and his matches are great. So it's hard to believe where you get two guys that are kind of known to be top performers for a decade plus. But I think they got better this year. Well, AJ Styles to me was never a top performer because his character sucked, right? And I, I knew he was doing good work in TNA, but I would never 
sit there and go, I gotta turn on TNA because AJ Styles is gonna be wrestling, right? Like, I did that with Desmond Wolf, but I didn't do it with, with AJ Styles, even though AJ Styles is a better wrestler. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. But, yeah, no, I mean, AJ Styles has finally, the work that he does in the ring uh, is finally translating to his character. And uh, AJ, uh, you know, AJ is, is on this list. Joe, Joe's always been Joe, dude. I, I think Joe is, is more... WWE has found a way to tap into his persona. And yeah, it's like yeah. the, the music, the, the everything, and, and it works. It, it could be more so of case that, that and, and odd is it to say for WWE, they booked him better than anybody else yeah. has booked him in a and, long time. And, and uh, Joe, Joe's going to make a, a, a bigger appearance on in, in these movies when, when all said and done. So. Okay, okay. Um, this one, I don't know if you're going to be able to speak on this too much, um, but Ty Dillinger in, in NXT. Um, no. Uh, he got a lot better. No, no, no. I can speak on it, but no. Nah. No, I'm not saying he's a winner. Yeah. But he, he, he's gotten better. He's an honorable yeah, mention. Yeah, because he was like a straight NXT jobber at the beginning yeah. of the year. He's, he, he was just Ty Dillinger. He found this. I like, I like the perfect he's, he's, tank he's, gimmick. He's almost there. I like the perfect tank gimmick, yeah. and he's put, been putting on good matches. And, it's and, not and, the most improved. And, and he's, he's, this, he's, a, he's continuing the storylines. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's, he's also kind of put himself in a position where you know, he could be a viable contender for the NXT title. Yeah, and I think the thing is, like, the problem I have with Ty Dillinger is that he's been there so long that I feel like, you know, I, I was kind of feeling that they were going to put him up on the main roster. And I'm like, well, if they put him up on the main roster, there's no way that he's no, ready. No, So, yeah, he's 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 not ready yet. He's not ready yet. He's a year away from this award, too. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I like Ty, but, I mean, it, that, with these names that we're putting out there, mm -hmm. there's no way. All right. Last one. Tetsuya Naito. Naito. What, what about Alma? I think Alma, Alma deserves a mention, too. The, 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 who's the dude with the with the the, really? the headbutt and stuff? But that's Ama, Evil? Right? No, no, no. So, no, New Japan. Ama, the, the dude that does the oh Onma, Tomaki Onma. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's talk about Naito first, and if you want. Well, let's. Just, I, I just want. I want to give Onma okay, an honorable mention. Just right. just because okay. he, he he was just a stupid you know comedic type wrestler. Uh, he he joined with Makabe and he's put on great matches. I mean, he's I, I'm I'm into his matches. I think he's a great storyteller, which I never thought he would be. He's fun to watch. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I, I I like Alma. I, I've been liking him. So, I, for me, it's kind of like some of the other guys for you on the list. But um, I like Alma quite a bit. So I'm glad he got mentioned in here. Not the most improved. All right, Tetsuya Naito. Mm -hmm. um, now, this could kind of fall into the AJ Styles category a little bit in that. Like, in the ring, Naito's been good for quite a while. But I know you specifically couldn't stand him. Um, he really reinvented himself as, like, this is filthy, like, detestable heel gimmick with bringing in this stable. Um, and, you know, actually ended up winning the, the, um, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which is, like, he's been that guy to win G1 a couple of times and has never had that belt. So he really reinvented himself. Um, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's like, I like this guy, and, and even I get disgusted watching him sometimes, all the spitting he does on yeah. people and this and that. And he takes forever to, get, uh, yeah. to, to but, take off his clothes and stuff. And that, everything. and then, like, once he gets in the ring. Like, kind of like that one girl in the eighth grade, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> even, even more than Kevin Owens just getting out of the ring and delaying it forever. Um, come up with, with a few new pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good moves as well. Um, so, I, I mean, I think Naito has really, like, made himself a valuable component especially I, I think and not to go like too big picture here but with with the guys like um like guns and gallows leaving and aj leaving and and nakamura leaving like new japan had to do what wwe is has been unable to do which is find guys that were upper mid card and make them main event stars and he's one of the guys even with even with having like a Two established stars, one one that you like and one that you hate. Right. Yeah, and but they're they're making new stars. I, yeah. I think I think this award really comes down to AJ Naito and Omega, and I, I think the I mean you're, everything you talk about Naito, you know is yeah you're right and and I, I like the character, I, I like the matches, but I don't know if since to me since New Japan is so thin right now, I don't know if him being the IWGP champion. Um, means as much i guess I, and i'm not saying that these guys there's there's not good performers but they're thin i mean you know like half the bullet club is gone right uh nakamura's gone uh the even like they're even like they're established guys uh they're, they're not that good i mean I, I like okada uh tanahashi's good but 
what I want, what I'm trying to say is that you, you say Naito reinvented himself because of his personality. I think AJ's done that like times a hundred more than, than Naito did because he's doing it on the biggest stage. He was such a cornball three years ago when when, when we knew that AJ I mean, we were making fun of we were making fun of AJ Styles and his back right his back promo okay, right? that was a terrible promo. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but you look at it, but he, he he has good promos now and mm-hmm. and I'm not even going to say they're serviceable promos. I think he has good promos because now he has his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omega, Omega is just kind of like this. The he's just kind of like this uh, Spitfire, right? Like this, the uh, you know he just pops off. He's kind of he has a lot of Brian Pillman in him. Um, just he just sounds off, and and I think, I, I think it works. But it, it, I would pick Omega because I think of what it could be if they gave him the freedom to do it. But he hasn't reached that pinnacle yet, so I don't know how he would be being the top guy or being a guy that has to sell out houses, right? I think his I think his game is there. I think his talking is there, but he hasn't done it yet. Uh, Naito, I, I really like Naito, and and I really that reinvention is great. But I think what AJ Styles has done over this since he's gone to WWE, he has not fallen flat on his face, and he's elevated himself, and he's elevated other guys, namely um, uh, Dean Ambrose and the other guy, but which I shouldn't even say what it is. But uh, you look at it, right, it's, uh, Chris Jericho, you know, check, you know. Um, Dean Ambrose, you know, th- those are two really, two really good matches. Even the he didn't face Kevin Owens or Seth, but he was facing like Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins. Yeah, nah, he um, Jericho. I think I'm not um, Ziggler. I think I know he's going to, but I think he had a match or a yeah. couple matches with him as well. I I, th- I think I think hands down winner is is AJ Styles. All right, I mean, you know, a year ago when we were talking about how we heard AJ was going to be going, I mean, we were, I mean, we sat here on this podcast and we're saying AJ is the guy of the three between him, Gallows, and Anderson, AJ was the guy I wanted to see the least. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, yeah, he's way surpassed the expectations of what I thought he could do based on things that I had seen him do previous. And and he's been booked well, so yeah. yeah. Alright, All right, so producer, <coughs> cover your ears, darling. Winner? AJ Styles, most, most improved. Alright. Okay, um, alright. Uh, microphone. Mic- microphone check right here. Okay, so here's where you get to uh, talk about your boys. So Enzo and Kaz. Um, you talked a bit about it um, when we were talking about tag teams. So I'll, I'll talk for a little bit, and then if there's anything uh, left uncovered, you can jump on it. Um, yeah, I think I think that more so than their ring work, their, their mic work got them over. And a lot of it had to do with um, Enzo. Um, so for me, I'd, since and I think probably most people watching NXT, like you, you kind of knew what he could do. Uh, but Enzo, Enzo, yes. Yeah. But for what, uh, for when he came into the main roster, for those that didn't, I think he just kind of like, he kind of like uh, turned turned the world on its ear for for a minute with just his ability to cut promos. Um, I think it's gotten to the point where I'm not saying it's stale yet, but um, he's gonna get into that Conan territory. If he just keeps saying the same thing over and over again, and then um, there's certain things like I think he he is a guy that like is hindered a little bit by being like a PG-13 show. I think if you gave him like a little more freedom to get a little more risque, it would probably do him better. But I think he's doing the best that he can do within the context of, of what he has. And then like not every pro- not every promo is a home run, but he's still like every every couple of shows or, or so he'll, he'll he'll break one out that that is that is like top notch, um, and and Kaz is serviceable not great but he plays off of him well saying he's gonna have to find something else to say aside from soft pretty soon, um, but yeah they really they more than anybody else kind of like made a place for themselves on the main roster strictly on their ability to speak. Yeah, there's. I don't have anything to add to that. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you said a lot in the yeah. when you're talking about him as a tag team, so all that stands okay. Um, same thing here. We can get through this quick. Um, New day. I also put on again. Um, you know, they had a couple. They, you know, when you you spend as much time on the microphone as they do, like you're gonna have a couple down moments, like the old day or whatever. But they have managed to stay, uh, stay within their character and be entertaining. Um, you know be funny, talk some good smack, um, and I, you know, for as much time as they're on TV, I, I will always listen to what they have to say when they come down the ramp. Um, 
you know, I, I think there, there's one more person we have to put on there. There's more than these two. I, no, I know that, but, yeah. but I, I mean, this is a speed round, but, yeah. but I, I think I, I have the clear-cut winner. And it's not Enzo and Cav, even though I, you're right. I think Enzo, en, Enzo blew out of the water. But I'm going to – I think the clear-cut winner in this has to be Chris Jericho. It has to be. I mean, this, this guy, to, to me, he was just like a nothing guy. I mean, it's like he was just hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. He has totally reinvented himself again, again. But I mean, just with all the stuff that he that he does, I mean, you just made the list and, and all that stuff. Everything he does with Kevin Owens, uh, they are they are carrying. They are they they are doing opening segments that work. I mean, the opening segment they did this this past Raw was way too long, but it worked. And it's just they're just hitting all their spots. He doesn't overuse his stuff. I mean, they they get cut off. They they know how to play off each other. But I really think um, Chris Jericho is just. I mean, they're they're putting him in a position where where he's going to be suspended above the ring. For the Royal Rumble, that hasn't been done since Jim Cornette. I mean, and, and that's and that's like the whole thing. Like Cornette was such an annoying character that they wanted to see him up in a, up up in a in a cage, and, and Jericho's getting to that point. I mean, they actually did it like a month ago in NXT, but continue. Yeah, but but this is like high profile, right? So who's the guy they put in the cage? Cornette or who? Who? Um, who? Ellering. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's night and day right there. Dude. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But but but, but no. just, just for uh. Yeah. Just, 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 for, just, for, uh, just for old time's sake. No, just, no. Just, just, just for accuracy sake. Yeah. Accuracy sake. No, but I, I think Jericho, uh, Jericho has, um, Jericho, this is probably, this is probably the, I mean, you look at back at this guy's career, maybe this is kind of more of like a, like a career milestone thing, but every, every comeback, team, he's had two comebacks before, hasn't gone anywhere. Like, I, I just felt his, his stuff was really bad. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when he was, uh, when he was doing kind of like his gimmick, uh, the No Country for Old Men gimmick, right? That was just like really, you know, just heel, 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 didn't care. Doc really slow, didn't care. Jericho has found a way again to to push that needle, and he's main event status because of his mic work. And I never thought I would see that again. So someone on um, like a month or two ago had wrote this article on the internet about like how this was the second best run Jericho's ever had. And like, I would say this is, yeah, it's, it's I'd say it's, I wouldn't compare the two runs. I mean, he's had so many good well, runs. Just, just saying, but the one you're talking about in this, and then Jericho basically replying, he's like, good article. I, mean, I agree this, that this was the second best run I've had. So, yeah, and, and the thing that's, amaz- that's, that's really good about it, too, is, you know, he still puts on these good matches, but most of this run is predicated on just him talking and not even, you know, for the, the arrogant, self-absorbed character that he's generally been, mostly it's him putting over Kevin Owens. Um, so there's one more person I had um, in this category, and that was, in fact, Kevin Owens. So, you know, independent of this, which I'm not going to disagree with anything you said, Kevin Owens has been great on the mic this year as well. Um, and and he, he does a great job of, especially in this, uh, in, after the death of Kayfabe, of being like a heel, like a, in, in his real life, in, on his Twitter. Like he's a good ass heel on Twitter. Um, at which Jericho is also, um, but but cuts great promos. Um, he's got good timing. I know you still, you think he goes overboard. I, I like the bad mouth he has in the ring. Um, I like how he talks smack in the ring as well. Um, and I think even you know, like he was doing great without Jericho as a heel as as a promo guy. Um, but but he was elevated by teaming him up with Jericho. Exactly. And, 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 and here's the thing. He's gotten better because Jericho's given him focus. Right. right? And the thing is with the, with the in-the-ring stuff is like the only reason why I don't like it is because when he talks, you know that the, the match is going to turn against him. And that's the problem that I have is that he doesn't need to do that. But, you know, I mean, that, that's like the whole thing. I brought up this, this past one on, on, on Raw, and both of, them are, both of them are going back and forth, and you can't do that without, without two guys really knowing what they're doing. But I really felt that Jericho gave him direction and made him more more believable with what he was saying instead of just being like the the dick heel because he had to play the dick heel. Right. Okay, so the winner, and you're gonna call it right? Yeah, I guess it's Jericho. Yeah. No is, is, is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you're like it was but, gonna be Jericho. But Owens is right. Yeah. yeah. So what what if I came back and was like, oh no, Enzo, Enzo, Enzo. You no, would've... no way. Okay. No. So so you 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 because Enzo has one promo. You know, but, but Jericho you, you, has you like the, you put the faith you put the faith in me and, and it was it was not lacking right. Well, I was just surprised when 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 the way when you said like I got it in the hands down it was the way you were saying it sounded like it was somebody that I didn't put on the list. Yeah. And I was like, who's this guy gonna gonna bring out that's not that's better than Jericho? Kushida. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Like Stop it. <laughs> this concludes part one. Come back next week for part two of the Moody's. Thank you.
quarter filled chains and Gucci glasses That was the era when we flipped all of the sh Bought a store, splashed it Had Dominicans running it Eating steak and cheese sandwiches They in the back bragging with fifths Yo, fucking with a few niggas' nieces Take it back when we went raw for leases And stand on the sneakers I got the shit locked I battle you, you, you And your whole grid lock Little shit supported the beat